Welcome to the Natural Running Network, the information resource for athletes that are trying to get it done and get it done right. My name is Richard Diaz. I'm your host. Sit tight, grab a cup of coffee, and let's do this. Okay, here we are. In the worst of times, we got VJ Jones here. Yeah. He's uh, hunkering down. And what are you going to call your little place that you train in now? You got a name for um, it? I'm not sure yet. I'm playing around with a couple names. I don't know if I want it to be a thing just for, you know, the coronavirus times or if I want it to continue to be a thing afterwards. So I don't know if I want to call it the, you know, social distancing health club or not. <laughs> so we'll see. I don't know. I'll come up with something fancy. It'll be cool though. Yeah. Well, you got to look past the moment here. I mean, clearly realize that the secret lab was prepared for this whole circumstance. I mean, I got all the toys I need to do anything I need to do with anybody I need to do it with and have always had it set up that way. And you have and, masks so that you don't have to yeah. exchange, right? Yeah. Right. Perfect. Um, which is a bit of a sore spot right now for me because obviously nobody wants to put my mask on. Um, what little do they know is that even when there's no disease going around, you use what like medical grade, like surgical soap to clean those things between each yeah. use. Yeah. And we, we have gone the extra yard to make sure that all of that stuff, by the way, my, my wife is a germaphobe and, she, <laughs> and she's the one that's in charge of cleaning that stuff. So if it passed her muster, believe me, you should see her at work, you know, when it went, cause she's a dental hygienist too. Mm -hmm. Every patient she sees, there's this whole tirade of cleaning that goes on and you know, like, like she cleans my teeth. So. I'll have to sit there and wait for, you know, after she's done, to, you know, cause we're going to go home. And I'm like, really, you got to clean that too. You know? So believe me when I tell you, um, if she cleans it, it's clean, it's germ free. Well, but, uh, you know, it's interesting. Cool. All my, all my, uh, coaching clients that I work with online are scrambling to try to find a way to develop, you know, uh, a toy chest to, to train at home it's surprising to me how few people actually have the least of things that they need to, to train with at home, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, most people really rely on those outside facilities to, uh, yeah. you know, cover their needs. And, and I found, um, a couple of years ago, I was paying to go to the gym, you know, I was paying my membership. And I realized what if I take all this money that I'm spending on a gym and I just create my own at home facility. You know, if I took, you know, 60 to $80 a month that I'm paying for this gym membership, I could create whatever I needed in my own space. So I, I went that route, but, um, you know, I know a lot of people don't have that option available to them, but I did. So that worked for me. Well, I got to tell you that, that little, um, monkey bar thing that you, you built, mm -hmm. I could take orders for those things right now. I have people that love to own that thing. I was, I'm looking at that, uh, that option, putting a, a package yeah. together, working with the person that I got all the equipment from, which was industrial metal supply, which is a couple miles from me, but they do the, all the metal for, you know, Ninja warrior. Um, oh, they do. Yeah. They do Ninja warriors stuff. They do, you know, a lot of Spartan races stuff when there was Spartan race ultimate team challenge. So they have all the equipment to put some really cool stuff together. Um, and I've been talking to the owner and, and, and maybe eventually we'll put together like a package or something that people can order 
and have shipped to them and, and really easy to assemble and, and put together. There you go. That might be the thing. Yeah. You've got to be a little more creative. And on that note, talking about alternate uh, um, income flows. So here you are, you know, mm-hmm. I remember the conversation we were having earlier this year, like, all right, you know, maybe we can quit the day job now. We got everything's kind of coming together here, you know. Getting and, closer uh, always. Yeah. And then boom, no racing. No racing means no paychecks. Yeah, to an extent. I mean, um, you know, you sign contracts with these companies so that you have some kind of financial security. So say if you were to get injured, you wouldn't be able to race either. If all your sponsors were like, oh, yeah, we're not going to work with you anymore because, you know, you sprained your ankle, that would kind of suck. So I'm still okay. You know, I'm not going to make as much money because I'm not going to be able to race and, um, you know, get my podium bonuses and stuff like that. But I'm still in a good position here, but also my day job is now closed. The running shoe store that I work at is completely done. And uh, yeah, so I got kind of forced into quitting my day job and putting full focus into this. So I'm kind of prepared for it, but um, it was definitely forced upon me. Well, look, dude, let's be honest. If, if you were to win 10 races in the year, which is highly likely, we just kind of round it off. It's going to be a minimum of 10 grand. That's, that's not going in your pocket. Don't cry now. I'm just telling <laughs> you that's, that's the way I see it. You know? Yeah, for sure. But, um, I think this is all going to blow over pretty quickly, hopefully. Um, yeah. because I don't think it's quite as big of a deal as, um, a lot of people are well, look, claiming dude, it to be. Have you taken a look at what what's going on in Italy? Well, the average age of the people that have died there is 81. That's the average age of all the deaths that happened in Italy. I'm not afraid for myself. I mean, for, pe- for you know, older folk or people that have, like, you know, um, issues with their immune system, you're not that old. I don't think you're that fragile. Right? I don't think I'm but- fragile. I'm just old. <laughs> all I know is I can get to Costco before you can. That's true. That's <laughs> yeah. true. Over 60. Yeah. Senior benefits right there. That's it. So um, let's, let's kind of uh, touch on some things that might be beneficial to people. So they're going to get tired of us just talking crap here. Um, I've thought about this a lot. And I have, I've noticed a lot of guys like jumping on this bandwagon to create these no gym workouts. You know, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, everybody on social media is a coach. Have you noticed? Yeah. Every I mean, third person... It's like, you know, in, um, in Los Angeles, you probably know this, everybody that works in a restaurant as, as a waiter is an actor, right? And, yeah, or, just about. <laughs> or works in a gym. <laughs> so their day job is like whatever else they do, but what they really want to be is an actor or something. It's like all of a sudden, all these people jump up and they start offering advice and they're coaching and whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I... I think they ought to just focus on staying fit, doing what they do, because when the race season comes back, that's what they're going to want to do. They're going to focus on themselves again. And, and uh, anyway, so whatever it's worth, um, lots and lots of no gym workouts, a lot of body weight exercises are being tossed around, which is great. I mean, and the tips are great. Um, but let's talk about hardware, things that you should always have 
access to within your living space. And if you yeah. were to pick one thing that you had to have, what might it be? Pull-up bar. Really? For me, I mean, if one piece of equipment, you know, probably something more versatile would be like a barbell, right? And the weights that go with it. But that's that takes up a lot of space. I mean, for what we do, I got away winning my first race by uh, doing pull-ups and push-ups. That was the only strength training I was doing. I did pull-ups and push-ups, and then I was doing my regular cross-country season training, and I showed up and I won my first Spartan race. So I'd say the key thing looking towards performance is going to be pull-ups, at least in OCR, um, and then there's all kinds of other you know exercises you can do without you know any equipment for other parts of your body. But developing pulling strength without any equipment, that's really hard to do. I mean, what, what are you going to do? Well, ironically, that's the only thing I don't have at my place. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, but I mean, I, mean, I have some kind of stuff. I actually do have a, a, in one of them door jam pull-up bars. Yeah. I actually have one of those. Um, but it doesn't get visited very often. Um, most times we're, we're focusing on some cardio treatment or some strength training or whatever. But I have to tell you, and I don't want this to sound like a plug, but it kind of is. I really, really love what Concept 2 offers up. I mean, my ski erg and that bike and that rower, those three pieces, when you think about it, um, we're looking at, it's probably less than three grand. And you will never have to worry about replacing those pieces or maintaining them or whatever. And they don't require a lot of space. And you get three really, really powerful approaches to developing your fitness. I don't want to say strength. I'm going to talk about fitness. And, uh, you know, obviously enough, you, you know, when you're here, we play on those toys a lot these days because high rocks is such a big deal. You know, it's gone dormant for the short term. Yeah. But, everything. Is. But, um, those are the things like right now, the high rocks program that I'm doing through Facebook. Uh, that's what everybody's clamoring about. Hey, well, what do I do if I don't have a skier or, what do I do if I don't have a rower or what do I do? If, and, and I'm thinking, well, we could kind of work around some of the stuff. Right. But I just think at the end of the day, well, you, you know, going back to your math, you're 80 bucks a month that you save. Um, you stretch that out over three years and basically you got it. Right. So you could yeah. probably put on your credit card, a purchase that, you know, over time you pay on it, what you need to pay on it. It's not going to kill you. And you got three really reliable pieces of cardio in your house sure. that come at you from different angles. And, and I would say you could, um, even just one of those machines could really do a lot of good for you. Because, sure. um, I mean, a lot of people have bicycles already. So the concept to bike is, is really cool. The way that, you know, you can't really get any momentum going on it. So you're just constantly working hard. But I would say that's probably the least essential of the three if you couldn't afford to get all three. So the ski erg has been um, one of the most challenging pieces of equipment I've ever used as far as getting good at it and um, being able to s sustain effort on there is actually really difficult because you could kill yourself at 130 beats a minute. Yeah. So, well, I have to tell you, as you know, I have my cruiser bike and I have a road bike and, you know, I spent years and years and years on my road bike and that's a, that's a ritual. 
I mean, for me, it's a ritual. Typically, it starts the day before I go for the ride, where I go through and make sure my bike is humming and, you know, it's lubed and everything is doing what it's got to do. And then you get up, you get your kit on, you got to get your bottles organized, you got to make sure your tires are inflated. And it takes you, it takes me literally a half an hour to get ready to ride my bike. That's true. And then you go ride your bike and then you come back and whatever. But with the, the bike erg, just jump on that sucker and go. And an hour on that, on that bike erg kicks your ass. It, I'm sure, I, was, yeah. I was on it yesterday for uh, 30,000 meters. And I mean, you're crushed after you get done with that thing. And I kept, I'm, I'm riding the bike. I'm like, okay, as soon as I get done with this, I'm going to get on that skier. I'm going to bust out another 5,000 meters. And you get on the skier and you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do this or not. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is like, you know, I think I ended up like with 1,500 meters on the skier and I just called it a day. Well, yeah, that's like, a, as I said, that skier is, is brutal. I've been sore for days. The first time we used it, we were doing intervals on it and we'd do a couple exercises and come back to the ski erg. And I was more sore from the ski erg than throwing the weights that we were. Yeah. So it's challenging. Well, yeah. And the other thing is a treadmill. And I get a lot of questions about what kind of treadmill to buy. So if you're listening, folks, listen to this because I'm going to give you some really good advice. Now, I have to preface what I'm going to tell you with the knowledge that I owned health clubs, commercial health clubs for 15 years, somewhere like that. I had taken over a YMCA. You know, I found a YMCA that was going out of business. They're going to close it. You know, YMCAs are not small affairs. It's a big place. And the place was going to close. And I found out they were going to actually hand everybody a refund check, close the door, see you goodbye. And I negotiated the ability to be on the other end of that table and say, guess what? We're not going to close the gym. We're keeping it open. And all you got to do is sign the check over to me. Right? So whatever you're paying, whatever you're paying is what you pay. And boom, business as usual. And I didn't even have a name for the gym yet. Uh, People would say, well, what, what should I make the checkout to and i never didn't even dawn on me that i had to have a name for it i said your fitness so so the first the first name for my club was called your fitness and it was like a joke and they're like well how do you spell it and i'm like why you are (laughs) dude yeah i'm telling you and it was a nightmare trying to get uh the checks cashed because i didn't even have i mean but anyway that started the thing and i ended up uh running this place for 10 years and you know it was, wow. you know, it was about a 12,000 square foot facility with like uh, six racquetball courts and, and the whole thing and wow. built on that business and then ended up building another place that was much cleaner cooler you know really nice much bigger 16,000 square feet something like that but anyways so I'm telling you this because the advice I'm going to offer up is not just you know winging it I'm not just winging it but here's what I know and by the way, the, the Ursa convention that I wanted to take you to that got shut down because of this coronavirus, I had gone to that convention probably for 10, 15 years every year. And this is where all the health club owners, big box health club owners get together and look at all the new toys that are being revealed, right? 
So, and if you're in the business and you're being competitive, you've got to buy new toys all the time just to stay competitive. Mm -hmm. And so we'd go in there and look at all the stuff and I knew all the vendors and I knew all the guys that, you know, for years and years and years that I've developed relationships with. But so here's the thing. If you go into one of these fitness stores to buy a treadmill, you're going to buy a home version fitness tool. And the biggest difference is not the appearance of the machine. It might look pretty cool. It might have all the bells and whistles and you think, okay, this is pretty neat. I can buy this. And you're looking at, if you get a decent piece around 1500 to 1800 bucks, a treadmill. And I mean, of course you could buy one for a little bit more money, but that's kind of where they roll in that range because they realize that the commercial or the, the home use market, that's kind of the price point that they need to be at to get people willing to buy it. If you put a treadmill up there for five grand, it's going to get dust on it because people are going to look at that. I'm not spending five. I mean, I can, that's a health club membership for four years, right? Or some stupid thing. Like so where I'm going with this is that I've been telling people that before you go out and spend that kind of money on a piece of crap treadmill where the motor isn't even designed for commercial use, uh, that will probably be something that will break down on you inside of a year or two max. Go on to Craigslist and buy a used commercial grade treadmill. And by the way, right now, health clubs are going to be dying on the vine. I mean, with no membership in tow, uh, especially these clubs that were operating on a cash basis that don't have the monthly membership thing going on. You know, they're selling an annual membership for $2.99 or some crap like that. And they're working on the cash cow mentality. Yeah. They're going to die. And the next thing that's going to happen is they're going to get behind in the rent. And even after this clears up, if you're three, four months behind in your rent because you didn't have any revenue, you're going down. In the best of times, the health club industry is very, very difficult to run a business. So what ends up happening is these guys, there's guys out there that will buy all your equipment. They'll come in at auction and buy all the toys in the health club for 10 to 15 cents on the dollar and turn around and sell the stuff for 30, 40 cents on the dollar and make a ton. Wow. And what they'll, they'll do is they'll get a mechanic in there to refurbish, maybe make sure that if the, the equipment you're purchasing is clean, maybe give you a 90 day warranty on the thing. And you could buy like a five or $6,000 commercial grade treadmill for under two grand. I went on to Craigslist for one of my clients the other day and I started walking him through it. Actually, I went on to Craigslist and looked up his town where he lives. And I started looking through all the treadmills that are available there. And I think there was like, it's a pre-core 835, I think it was, which is a commercial grade treadmill. Uh, I don't know what the retail was on that particular machine, but I owned a pre-core for a while. And because I have a hold for resale license, I, I'd get it at wholesale. Uh, it was a $7,000 machine that I think I paid like four for it. Nice. Um, you can get a treadmill like that probably for under 2,500 bucks. And I'm telling you right now, that thing will last you forever because it's going to have a much stronger motor on it. Like my treadmill, as you know, is much older than you'd ever imagine. I, I would say my treadmill is 15 years old right now. And wow. they, they tell me that my treadmill is good for another 10. But I have to have a, a dedicated 30 amp uh, uh, plug-in for that thing. 
because of the motor. That motor's yeah, a beast. it's so powerful. It's a beast, and and that's what you want. I mean, all those little fancy bells and whistles and the LED lights and all that crap. That doesn't mean shit to me. What matters is, can you get some speed out of it? Um, will a motor hold up for you? And can you get some decent elevation? And obviously, a my machine bonus is it goes in both directions. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. My machine right now, if you wanted to buy my machine used, I could get you one, by the way, in case anybody's listening, I could find you one. I, I know where a couple are. Uh, used, and I can't even promise you how old it'll be. It might be 10 years old. 20,000 bucks. Used. Really? Used, yeah. 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 Dang. Oh, but, my gosh. <laughs> but, dude, I'm telling you, it's, it's a keeper. I mean, you know what, what we put this thing through. And it, you know, 28 miles an hour in both directions. 28%. I'd see if you're, if you're an endurance coach like you are and, and doing what you do, it's definitely worth the investment to make sure your equipment's going to hold up through everything you put it through. For someone like me, that's just – I mean, I hardly ever use a treadmill but just needs it for bad weather or whatever. That's a bit well, my, my, my point being is that for a couple grand, if you go and get a used commercial grade treadmill, it's going to be a much better machine than you would purchase new on the home fitness market. So that's Fair. first. Now that across, same thing, maybe with a spinning bike and you know, people are into spinning. I, you know, I, I taught spinning forever and uh, I, I've owned a couple, three different spinning bikes over the, over the years for my home. I, obviously I had them in my club, but, um, a spinning bike, you can purchase an older spinning bike. There's nothing to it. It's just a flywheel, a brake, and a crank. That's all it is. There's no, there's no mechanics to it, right? You could probably buy one of those for 300 bucks. If you buy it new, it's going to cost you a couple grand. Um, and probably the same thing with the Concept2 rower. But I, I think that the resale on those is even a little bit better. You could probably, you know, those are, uh, they go out about eight, 900 bucks, I think, new. You could probably get one of those for four, 500 bucks. But on the, on the used market, Craigslist, eBay, things like that, that's where you're going to get the best deals, especially if you're trying to build out your garage and you don't want to break the bank. There you go. How's that for a I'm, that That's good. That's really good. But for me, I'm not a, an indoor cardio kind of guy. I can't. I can't do it. It's so boring. Like I can't spend any time on a treadmill. I'm okay doing the intervals. You know, if we're going to set it up to a certain incline and, and bounce on and off of that thing, and you want this consistent hill that you're always on. I'm with it. But spending an hour on a treadmill or on a stationary bike, it's brutal for me. I can't do it. Even with music or, or something, I, I always prefer to be outside. So even though there's all this stuff going on and I don't know. You know, we're not supposed to be outside so much. I'm still going outside and doing all my runs out there. Well, you could be outside. outside. You just can't be in a group of people, you know, just don't, don't invite 10 people to come run with you. That's all. Well, By that's, the way, the other day that do. we were, you know, the other day when we did the push a coach in the box, mm -hmm. that was a no, no. We shouldn't have had all those different people together with us. Well, yeah, I don't, I can't vouch for everyone else, but I definitely had Corona that day, so you better get tested. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It can't kill me. I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna hunker down with it and let it let it just pass, and then it'll die here with without me. That's what I'm saying. If 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 I get it or someone I know gets it, I might go over and just get it, just to get it out of the way. 
and then I'm just going to rub up against everyone I know and <laughs> we'll all get over it and we'll yeah, all be fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, people are going to love you for that. What I know. Yeah, dude, I'm about to get some hate mail. So um, let's talk. Can we talk about a touchy subject? Uh, yeah. Yeah. What do you got? What went down in Mexico? Oh, shoot. You heard about that? Yeah. Can we yeah, talk about so it? We've got to leave it alone. Let's, let's, let's talk. Um, I mean, everything's cool, I think, so far. Um, but basically, um, there's since I'm not Spartan Pro team, I don't get one of the special Spartan Pro soccer jerseys they have now. So I made my own custom podium shirt out of a Spartan finisher shirt. Um, and I put my, uh, my logo, my sponsors logos on there. I had like, you know, Salming, Attack, Venga, Naked and, and DHP on there. So in Jacksonville, I wore that shirt. It's a Spartan finisher shirt. And I thought it would be fine in the rules. It says unmodified, but which I know now, but I thought that, um, that meant like, I don't know you couldn't like cut it in half or something or like ruin the Spartan logo. I left the Spartan totally there. It's totally present and nobody had a problem in Jacksonville. Um, so when I went to Mexico, I wore that same shirt, but I did change it a little bit because it shrank in the wash. So I turned it into a crop top and wore it up on the podium. Um, and I guess like I was there and I saw like the race officials and um, you know, the race organizer and stuff like that. And, um, they were all cool. And I said hi to them and thank you and everything to everybody I could. And it seemed like everything was fine, but I heard just a few days ago that they were disqualifying me from that race, taking me out of the series and they weren't going to pay me. And it was all because of my shirt. And, uh, I spoke to Nathan from us Spartan race and, and he said that, um, everything was going to be fine. He gave me a stern warning saying, I can't use that shirt anymore and I can't alter um, a Spartan finisher shirt because it's their property or, or something like that. I don't know oh, what the deal oh, is, man. but anyways, um, so that's the deal. I think everything's going to be fine. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know if they had a problem with me mer uh, wearing my American flag shorts on the podium or something. Uh, and that kind of spiked a little upset. Well, with they invited you but, down there, dude. Well, not Spartan well, they Mexico. Think you're from, they think you're from the Ukraine or something? Well, Spartan Mexico didn't invite me down there. It was oh. um, a friend of mine down there, Yair. He owns his own little team down there. Um, and he's the distributor for um, Naked Running Band in Mexico. So I went down there with him um, kind of to promote the product and introduce it to people. And um, he just wanted to bring me down to experience Mexico and, and get to race. And he thought it'd be fun. And it was, it was awesome. And I, huge thanks to him, but uh, yeah, I don't know what their deal was. Um, most of the people I met were really cool and everyone was kind of happy that I was there. Uh, it was really fun. There was, there was one guy that had a problem with me. He's, he didn't like that. I, that I came down to, to race, but everyone else seemed pretty cool. So I think everything's fine. And, um, I still want to go back and do more races eventually, but they were trying to DQ me for that. So thanks to us Spartan race for being on my side. You know, this, this whole thing, um, has been, it's been a, you know, a thing for me. Yeah. 
the whole concept of telling you what you need to look like when you get on the podium. You know, you come to race, you race, you win. They agree to pay for a winning event. Um, they should not have any involvement in your attire. That should be your opportunity as an athlete to showcase the people that are endorsing you or they're, or they're uh, sponsoring you because it's a tough life. I mean, you know this. I mean, there's nobody yeah. really. I mean, there's a handful of guys in the sport right now that actually can make a living. And to, to me, the definition of professional means that it pays your bills, right? Yeah, you same, know, it, same here. It, it, not how good you are, but are you earning enough to pay your bills? And that would, that would demonstrate um, the consciousness of being a professional athlete, in my mind. For so sure. it's, it's on you to find a way to pay your way. And if people love you enough that they want to give you money and they want to align you with their product, um, that's part of the game. I mean, this, this is happening in stock car racing. It happens in uh, Formula One. It happens in tennis. It happens in every other sport but Spartan, I think. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, um, I know there's like – uh, that certain league of triathlon called like Super League or something like Never that. Never heard of it. You know, well, it's another league for professional triathletes, but they're all forced to wear like the same uniform or something like that while they're racing. Um, so they're all, they all wear like almost the same thing from what I've seen from photos and stuff. But that's the only other time I've heard about like restrictions. Um, I'm sure there in other sports there's regulations on, you know, what kind of clothing you can wear and stuff like that, but never restricting you from putting your own sponsors out there on a podium. Well, the Olympics or something like that doesn't allow you to, to have, well, that's the Olympics. Right. I know. But I mean, short of that in professional sport, it should be on you to try to, you know, pay your way. Cause if you're really going to be a, if you hope to be a professional athlete, you're going to need to dedicate, a great deal of your time to train, which means all of your time, it's going to be really, really hard to keep a day job. Right. Um, not to mention that if you're trying to make a mortgage, pay the rent, car payment, living expenses, you got to make a few bucks. Right. And yeah. pulling down, let's just say that your, your, your whole livelihood is dependent on the races you do. Uh, in Spartan. And I, I'm just using Spartan because it's the biggest company, all right? I know more about that than I do the others. Right. But if you won all the races that you attended in the course of the year, and meaning that a reasonable number of races, I mean, you, you can't show up everywhere. It's just, it's like, where's Waldo? You can't, you just can't be everywhere <laughs> all the time, right? Well, let's just say that you did um, two races a month, right? And you won all of them. Um, what are you going to make? 24 races. 24 yeah. races a year. And what, say, averages out at $500 a race? Well, I'm sure that some of them are going to push up into four grand if you win, right? So some of this, the. Yeah, some will wins. be three, some can be five. All right. So let's like just that, say so. that if you rounded it off, um, you made 25 grand. You're going to have to live where? Um, you know, in order to, to afford a living 
I mean, you're not going to live a in pool California. house. You're not going to live. You can't pay rent. I have a, you know, a rental here and, and, mm-hmm. uh, that would take just to live in that little hubble. You'd, you'd have to, uh, take half your income, you know, in California, you know, wait, you're only charging like a grand to live in there. Yeah. Well, no, actually about 1200 bucks. Well, you bring it down to a grand, you might have a new roommate. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, for twelve hundred, yeah. Plus, you'd have a membership, right? Because like the that's true. The secret lab's attached. <laughs> I actually thought about kicking the tenant out and just using that space as kind of like, you know, people that come from out of town that need a place to crash while they're working with me. That'd be the VIP experience. You know what I'm talking about? That's nice. Yeah, dude. We, we can give it an acronym. It comes with a glass of scotch every night. And uh, first and a, access to the secret lab. And a pool and a jacuzzi. <laughs> and, you know, some premium scotch. That could be quite the experience, I think. For sure. You should sell the VIP package at the next clinic. I think, you know, what will sure. happen is we'll, we could probably get some international talent that would come out and, you know, that, that would be the thing. But, you know, anyway, what I'm getting at is that uh, I just think it should be, you know, especially now that everything's like on halt. Everything's like, it's almost like you hit the reset button and go back into this thing fresh and say, look, we just want you to attend, have a good time, put on a good show. Here's how much money we're going to pay out if you, if you, if you come out and, and race and, and win uh, or even place. And this team thing, out the window. There's no way that an event should have its own team. It's almost like, you know what I mean? Smart pro team. Right. right. I, I had this conversation with them um, just about what they hope to accomplish with the Spartan pro team, what that means, and then um, why I thought that, that it just shouldn't exist. If you took all this money that they're throwing at people and um, the sum of money that they're, they're putting in, you could put that towards making sure the event is the, a perfect event. Everything is handled. There's no confusion. You could put it towards media coverage where you could put these bitchin' live feeds together um, with some of the money they're putting towards these pro teams. Or you could put some of the money towards prize money and you will draw more talent and more athletes if you were paying more out too. So, Well, what I, would, what I would like to not believe, but I think has some merit, is that what you don't know is how much money they're making off of having all of you warriors out there wearing their kit and you know their logos from all the different vendors that are paying the, the, the company. So that well, yeah, I mean, all by itself is probably millions and millions of dollars that, that nobody cares to talk about. Yeah, I mean, every shirt uh, or every you know, athlete is branded with Kraft and Rakuten right on their kit. And they're not seeing any of that money. They might see a, 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 a tiny bit of it. I think the person that got paid the most this year for the pro team was making like eight grand, maybe 10. And that was a, like one or two athletes that were getting offered that much. So, and I wasn't seeing any of that. I was not seeing even a bit of that. So who knows? I don't know what they're hoping to accomplish with the team. I know that they just keep pushing it, but, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm cool where I'm at, but I'd like to be able to wear my sponsors on the podium. I think the only thing I can do now is I can put like, I'm going to have to make some custom sweatpants or something or some jean shorts and put some patches on there and 
Well, I got a better well, idea. See the logos. What? I got a better idea. What you got to do is you got to get like six dancing girls, like the Rockettes, that yeah. hold little signs. And when you get up on the podium after you like, you know, said thank you, whatever, they come dancing by holding the little signs of your sponsors, you know. So it wasn't you, right? <laughs> yeah. What Just I really got to do is I got to, I got to get a sponsor that's big enough and willing to pay me the money that they would have paid just to wear their shirt on the podium. Well, I, like, that, that was when, my idea from the gate, right? Right. Just yeah. Tear the check like up when, right in front of them. Right. Say, I don't go. need your stinking check because my sponsor's hooking me up. Sorry. That'd be the way to go. And that'd make a huge statement. Any company that would be willing to do that would gain tons of attention in the sport. And, um, I mean, Nike did that with like, Michael Jordan, when they wore the first uh, first Jordans on the court, he got fined every game because they weren't like a regulation shoe or something. And they paid the fee every game so that he could wear their new shoe and promote it. So I think, uh, I think there's something to that idea. All right. So let's change tack here for a little bit. I want to get back to the people stuck at home freaking out about how to exercise. Okay. And, and, and because everybody's doing it, we, we feel like we're obligated to, to kick in a little bit. So um, assuming that you're not going to have equipment, you're like, you know, you're on the cheap. Um, let's think of a routine that someone could do to stay race ready. And mind you, the complexity of it is now that aside from just OCR, now there's like this high rocks and this other event coming along. Uh, so for sure supplementing the need for that type of work let's think of five exercises they could do that they can get done without spending more than 250 dollars okay i would say um find a, a middle ground like free weight like a, a dumbbell set for you um find a weight that kind of it's not going to cover all of your bases, but it's heavy enough to where it's going to challenge you in many different exercises, but it's not going to overwhelm you in some so that you could still do your curls. You can do your overhead press, but maybe those weights aren't always the same for you, but something that's good overall. Um, and then that would be one of the best things you could do as far as having equipment to, to work with in your home. Cause then you can combine that with all kinds of other things. Like one of the most, essential exercises I've found to help my success and carries and uphill running and stuff like that um, has been split squats. I started adding those in the last few months and they've been super, super key. You could do those without weights and kick your own ass. So with a light dumbbell, add a little weight, you'll be ready to go. Well, 40 pounds, I think is kind of the number. I mean, a 40 uh, pound dumbbell when, well, you could, or it could be a rec bag. It could be, um, or, or do you mean like two 20 pound dumbbells? No, no, no. It would be one. It, if you're only going to get one dumbbell, by the way, if you got, I said two fifty, right? So you, for two fifty, you could probably get some fast, you get a rec ball or a sign ball and, and, or a rec bag and, or a couple of kettlebells. I, I kind of like the idea of a kettlebell. Um, kettlebell is pretty versatile. Yeah. Yeah. You could do a ton of stuff with a kettlebell. And if you have a kit, like my kettlebell is, uh, I, well, I have, uh, I have about six of them. I have, the one is real heavy. It's like 60 pounds, but I have one that's about 
36, what's, it's in kilos. So I think it's 18 kilos. So at about 32 pounds. Uh, you can, I have an adjustable kettlebell. Um, I haven't found a good one like this since that company went out of business, but there's this one that was called, uh, it was US or USA kettlebell. And they made this adjustable kettlebell. It goes from as light as I think like 25 pounds to as heavy as 70. And it maintains huh. that round shape. It's actually really awesome. Yeah. I use it all the time. Sounds but, like it. Um, yeah. I mean, if you want it, if you're spending $250, you can get one of those adjustable kettlebells or adjustable dumbbell sets. And then your bases are covered for a lot of stuff. Right. Well, I know people that have those block um, dumbbells that like you hit the trigger yeah. and it picks up another piece of the weight or whatever. And you can get pretty heavy with that, but, and you could probably get away with those for about a, a buck 50, I'd think probably, a, I don't know for sure, but I'd say I think about they're a, a little more expensive. They're pushing too, pushing too. Well, hard. look, so the point being is that you're looking at some external load that you can use universally. You can do a ton of different things with it. And I like the idea of the split squat. I like the idea of doing single leg deadlifts. I don't like dual leg anything when it comes to strength training, because I, I just don't think it's applicable to um, endurance sport. But, Until you tell me to deadlift like 250 pounds because you just want to see it. Yeah, well, that's just eyeball. <laughs> but, but the point is, is that you can do like just doing a single um, from the ground to an overhead press, you know, kind of a snatch. Uh, you could do like you were suggesting, you could do lunges, you can do single leg deads, you could do. There's so many things you could do with it. Uh, and then, of course, hanging a bar somewhere, you could probably work that out for next to nothing if you have a space yeah. for it and uh you know what else is really cool that we never use that i uh, i i used to be really keen on is a trx strap yeah you but can, those would those would run your whole 250 fifty dollar budget right there no they're those expensive they're like bucks. yeah they're, uh, last ones i saw i think were like 150 150 dollars for the trx straps i have six of them i think six or eight of them and i have uh, that two of those war machines too. So I got about 10 of those type of apparatuses. We hardly ever break them out, but I have them. Um, we should break them out. Yeah. But TRX straps, you could develop a ton of strength with that. Uh, you could do like uh, uh, hip hinges. You could do like single leg uh, or you do like pistol squats assisted with it. You can do all fashions of uh, core exercises with them. Um, and, and then just go out and run. I mean, I'm sure. keen on the idea. I mean, if you believe me, if you get outside and run and just keep your distance from people, you're good. That's probably if, the biggest freedom we have right now. For sure. I mean, I'm still doing all the same training that I was going to do. Spending time outside. I've been riding my bike a few times a week. Got to fix. So everything's good. So I'd say the, a pull-up bar, like when you hang in your doorway and then the TRX straps, those would probably be the two things that you could get away with being or just having those two things and you can stay really fit. You can get really strong actually, with just yeah. those two pieces of equipment for sure. Well, it's funny to me. It's like a lot of people get too bent on worrying about whether they can do a chin up. They can't even command their body weight in a push up. I mean, if you can't do clean 30 or 40 decent push ups, you got work to do. You know, there's, there's a lot of benefit. To do. Can I tell you something? I'm a veteran and the best yeah. shape I've ever been in my life, I think, was after I got out of basic training. 
And inside of, uh, I don't know, basic training was, uh, I think it was like eight or 10 weeks or something like that. And we never touched a weight. We marched and we did calisthenics. And what, well, I take that back. We did go across a horizontal ladder a lot. So we had, you know, a horizontal ladder um, that. For people under 60, that's uh, monkey bars. Monkey bars, right. Well, the point being is that you, you had to go, uh, when you went to breakfast, lunch and dinner, that's how you got to that, that meal. You had to go across and back on the, on the uh, horizontal ladder, monkey bar, whatever you want to call it, in order to eat. <laughs> so that's you're, awesome. you're guaranteed at least three times a day that you had to do that. And then that's the times that you weren't having to do it, you know, for PT. For those that are not aware, that's, you know, training. But physical fitness training. I've, I've heard that before. People saying, like, the best shape they were ever in when they were in the military was right after basic training. Never now touch they're away. so strong. You know, that's my cool. son's in the military, and I went to visit him in, uh, in his place the other day. You should see the gym they got, man. I couldn't believe it. And this is, like, just for his unit. There was like two warehouses that were connected. Every imaginable piece of equipment, they had three of each. You know, so they had they had skiers, they had rowers, they had the bikes, they had climbing ropes, they had like a stretch of uh, indoor outdoor carpet, like to do sled pulls and drags on it. They had every imaginable um, barbell setup you could hope for. Wow. Um, they had, uh, they have athletic trainers and, um, therapists on staff in the facilities. It's like, if you walked in there to look for a membership at a place, you'd be in hog heaven. You can't, everything you could ever possibly hope for, they have it. And it's for, uh, I don't know how many guys are in that unit, but the, I'd say, uh, um, there's probably under 200 guys. Nice. Yeah. Incredible. Anyway, so uh, body weight exercises, you can get away with a ton. You could, you know, people worried about if they don't lift weights, they're not getting in very good shape. Baloney. You know? Well, let's, let's go back to what you're saying. You wanted the five essential body weight exercises that we need to do. So what are we saying? We've got the first one, let's say pull-ups. Body weight exercise number one. What do you got for the second? Burpees. Burpees as a single exercise. That's cool. Cool. And then I would throw the split squat in. That's number okay. three for sure. Or what I call paratroopers. So where you split squat, trade legs in the air and land on the ground again. What do you like a jumping? Jumps, like yeah. some people do like jumping lunges. Right. That's right. what you mean? Yeah. yeah. But you're, I, you're changing, you're changing your position with your legs in space. And are you, so you're doing a split squat with your leg elevated behind you? Let's call it and split, jump. split squat jump. Let's call it that. That's dangerous. People are going to hurt themselves. <laughs> oh, no. I'm just going to put split squats because you're not you trying to get injured time, and get sick. The next time you come over, I'm going to have you do those because I think you're going to be surprised. It's very applicable. Not to mention your heart rate goes through the freaking roof doing it. I'm sure. Really, really good for your hamstrings and glutes. All right, so we got pull-ups, burpees, and split squats. What's right. the fourth exercise? Um, let's get something kind of unique. Um, and you know, some of these everybody's got different names for these exercises because they come from a different era. 
mm-hmm. what we called things and what you guys call things are two. I, I had to relearn nomenclature of exercise routines in order to write program for people in this decade. It's ridiculous, right? right? What are you talking about? Your dive bombers? No, we're just talking about like things like um, uh, EMOM and AMRAP. And we didn't have conversation like that 20 years ago. It's just, <laughs> you guys made this crap up. But um, what was I going to say? There was an exercise I was getting after. Help me. Something unique. Oh, a hip hinge. Hip so hinge. I call it a hip hinge. So let me walk you through it. Balance on one leg. Then rotate from the hip until your torso's on a horizontal plane and your trailing legs extended behind you, right? Okay. And then draw yourself upright again, knees up in the air. So you're basically oscillating off of that one hip joint while you're balancing on one leg. So like if you go through about five repetitions like that and then change legs and do that, you're getting a tremendous amount of core stabilization and you're getting a lot of integrity and strength in your, in your limbs, but you're also um, increasing your range of motion through the hips. So as muscles, core, it's a big exercise. Um, So that's different. So there's, there's the fourth one. That's cool. And then let's do a core specific one. If you were going to do a floor exercise, what would it be? Would you say plank is the most, important or something else it needs a little it needs a little jazz on it i don't like just a regular plank okay. uh, I, I like uh something dynamic with the plank so like uh touching um knee to elbow alternating knee to elbow type thing um okay you know what i mean so uh, i don't know um I, the funny thing about core exercises and i've wrestled with this for a long time is everybody got so bent on core core this core that for the longest time it's still kind of stuck in most people's minds. But I think that when anything you do out of ground that leads to overhead is a great core exercise. So uh, you remember the exercise that I had you do? I, I named it uh, the Mighty Stork. You remember what we called Mighty it? Mighty Stork, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. <laughs> Walk them through that. That's you could do that with Well, that's uh, an equipment, that's an equipment exercise. Well, um yeah. And that's basically your hip hinged, but then you just added an overhead press. Right. So we yeah. already have that in there. So it's like a one-legged deadlift mm-hmm. to, well, you could do, you, I mean, you, let's, yeah, I, I guess I'm cheating here. But it's basically a one-legged clean and jerk. Exactly right. But you could do, um, you could do that with a medicine ball. You could do that with um, a rec bag. You could do it with a kettlebell, barbell, but that's all external loading. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What else? Um, I would say a variation on a plank, maybe, um, lifting, you ever seen the, uh, the plank that you do on your hands, Yeah. but then you alternate lifting your right leg and your left arm Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then you'll do that. I would say so, that exercise. I have no idea what to call it. It's but called a bird dog, a bird dog. Then we're doing bird dogs. That's the fifth yeah. exercise. Well, so I'll tell you something else that I think is really powerful that nobody gives it any credit is a broad jump. That's true. And you, you talk about a core exercise. When you reach out, you power out of your legs, reach up into the sky, land, you decelerate. Your core is what's decelerating you. Your ground contact goes straight up into your core. And then when you accelerate back out of it. So that's a dynamic move. 
And I would venture, well, you've been doing them. You know what it's like. You, you do 25 meters of broad jump. Are you a little gassed afterwards? Oh yeah, for sure. Like broad jumps are something I've, I've always kind of kept in and variations of it. So that's not actually that difficult, but the broad jump burpees that we have to do for like the high rocks doubles has yeah. been pretty, pretty challenging. For well, sure. there you go. There's your exercise broad. Um, is it burpee, burpee broad jumps? Broad jump burpees. The same thing, whatever. Well, you broad jump first, then you do the burpees. So we're going to change our essential exercise from burpees to burpee broad jumps? I think so. Okay, so let's go there's through. Just, we got, there's just more bang in the buck, right? Uh, there you go. So we got pull-ups, burpee broad jumps, split squats, hip hinges, and... You didn't say push-ups? You said pull-ups, didn't you? I said pull-ups. Okay. No, do you want to get push-ups isolated by themselves or part of the burpee broad jump? Oh, yeah. No, let's tie it in. I like multiple movements. All right. So we're doing same thing. Pull-ups, burpee broad jumps, split squats, bird dogs, and your hip hinges. Those are the five essential exercises of DHP. And then we got to run. And then we got to run, of course. Right. And if you don't have time, you can do uh... – um, what, what do you think? Like 500 meter sprints, like do an exercise, run 500 meters, do an exercise, run 500 meters. Do that or find a hill near you. Do there those exercises, go. run up a hill. Yeah. It doesn't exactly. need to be long. It'll still whip you. So what about if you, uh, we're talking about no equipment, but what if you carry your girlfriend up the hill on your back? Well, then just, that's just extra credit. Nothing changes. It's just, <laughs> it's body it's weight. Better. It's a body weight exercise. Is your body that is a body weight exercise? <laughs> <laughs> or if you got a big dog or something, you can carry your. Have dog. you seen wife carrying? That's a thing. I did. Yeah, where they they're like upside down. They carry they, them upside down. Yeah, yeah, like they got your head in your crotch or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. So from behind, you're like wearing them like a backpack, and the straps are their legs, but they're upside down. It's freaking amazing. And you run with them, and you do like a little obstacle course. Yeah. Wife carrying championships. I'm gonna go out there one day. <laughs> crush it my wife would be afraid i'd drop her <laughs> they get dropped yeah they don't the care. Gig. They're, they're, but american women don't like that i mean these european women are hardier than ours are i think <laughs> they don't mind taking a hit every now and then. <laughs> all right so i want to do by the way this is completely off topic but I, I wanted to get a plug out i wanted to get a plug out for uh my client i think you know him uh code name bubbles but his real name is Kevin Gregory and Kevin, clown. Kevin is well-educated in the science of exercise. He's um, a very well-received trainer in a, in a company called edge fitness out where he lives in uh, Connecticut. I think he is in New York. Okay. I think I know where he lives. I think he's in Connecticut now. He moved, but he's close um, to New York. He's doing a project right now. He's looking for five people that he's going to put through a nutrition process to get them to lose 10 pounds. Uh, and I forgot what the timeline is, but he's going to help them successfully drop 10 pounds of weight. And cool. so anybody listening, it's Bubbles, who incidentally is quite an athlete in his own right. Um, for sure. And you've probably seen him at races where he wears a the clown mask. That's where he gets the bubbles from. But he's doing this program, and I highly endorse it. If you're looking to drop some weight, 
and you want somebody that's credible that can help you look him up on Facebook, Kevin Gregory Jr. And uh, I know this program is just dropping right now. So check it out. So the other thing that I want to shamelessly plug is that since I've been sitting home doing nothing because I don't have clients come to see me right now, I dropped a couple programs. Um, you probably don't even know it. I, I did a program that's a, a 20 week long ultra distance running program called going long. Wow. It, it's an awesome. ebook. And I dropped high rocks, which is an eight week training program that I, I think is amazing. Excellent. Um, and, but I got a bunch of stuff that's, that's either coming out or is out already that's available on my website for purchase. That's, I mean, if you're looking to train by yourself at home, don't have the gym, whatever, I got some stuff for you. And, yeah, you got uh, that awesome dark horse program. I remember yeah, you talking about the high yeah. rocks. Yeah. The ultra is very, very cool idea. I'll have to check that one out. And then, the dark horse is a problem because you can't get access to a gym. Uh, and mm. as is high rocks to some degree, I've got people in a program right now and they're pulling their hair out because they started the program and this whole thing came about. But um, if you're just trying to look for good programming to run, I've got a 5K, I've got a 10K, I've got a half marathon. Uh, I'm putting out another marathon program that's going to come out here probably in the next week or so. Uh, but the ultra is really good. Uh, it's called going along and there's uh, just a lot of good stuff out there. Just, it's cheap. I mean, you can get, you can get, I think I got to think of it's like three programs you could buy it in bundle for like 35 bucks. So anyway, nice at dshumanperformance.com. Do it. Yep. Get fit. Yeah. We need hands. to do one. We should do a program. I know we talked about this a million times, but we should do, um, I think we should do what no one's expecting. No one's expecting VJ Jones to put out a strength training program. <laughs> Maybe because they, they don't realize how strong you are. It's invisible. See, your, your thing is speed. Everybody thinks you're fast, right? Um, they think. Well, you are. You are fast. So maybe we should do something that's got to do with how to be really fast in a 5K or a stadium race. Could do that. Or we could release like a three uh, going into OCR worlds. We could do a three K prep program, let them in on maybe a little bit of what I'm doing, getting ready for that. Cause that's kind of the main focus for the year. Yeah. Somebody has been making noise about you uh, having trouble with John Alban because he's probably going to come up for that. Well, he's definitely going to come out for it. He's never lost in the, in the standard distance at OCR worlds. So I doubt he's going to miss out, but yeah, I'm excited. You know, I haven't got to race him in anything less than a beast. Yeah, the only time I bet I've ever I raced. I, I, it was actually Jack Bauer that was making noise about it. And I told him, I said, look, I'll take that bet all day long. In a 3K race, you're going to beat John Alden. If I focus on it, I think I can pull a lot of speed. So, um, <laughs> Well, since I opened my put... mouth, I'll make sure you beat him. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So it's good. All right. Well, look, so we've been, we've been uh, banging the drum. <clears throat> Excuse me. I know I've been talking for a long time because I'm coughing already. But we should uh, wish our friends and neighbors out there that we're not able to shoulder up with um, best of health. We're going to get through this, folks. And, uh, you know, I would highly recommend that you, you respect this social distancing thing. Um, this is the craziest time I've ever seen in my life. And uh, I've been around a long time. So um, I'm, I'm doing my part. I'm turning people down that I'm supposed to be working with.
that want to come see me and they're thinking, oh, it's just going to be me and you. And I'm saying, no, I don't know where you've been. You know, what, what if I get you a hazmat suit with a DHP logo on it? Awesome. Awesome. I might even have parts of it. It might make for a really good video, right? I think so. You should do the first vlog in a hazmat suit. I don't think anyone's done that before. Um, we should do something really cool though, like a, a space suit, you know, you know, like, like an a, astronaut. Yeah. Yeah. That big freaking helmet. Like that. DHP big is out of this world. Yeah. I'm, I'm with it. Yeah. Or we could put like, you know, what we could do is we could put like a bunch of saran wrap around the treadmill while you're on it. So it encapsulates all your smook. So you'll right? be like a bubble boy, but on the treadmill. Right. That's a good idea. That maybe that's the new thing. I wonder what that would cost to get like a big bubble. Like a so bubble it, boy outfit. Like, no. So like when you're running down now. the street, you're like running in a bubble without it. You know. Oh, have you, they have Zorbs. Have you seen Zorbs? You know what that is? It's uh, like a big bubble that you run inside. You're just yeah, like a yeah. hamster ball. Yeah. You know, exactly. um, Dean Carnassus told me once upon a time that he was going to get in one of those things and try to run from California to Hawaii. On the water? Yeah. <laughs> He'll be out there for like four months. But Well, yeah. So can you imagine you hit some waves, right? And well, you, you only got so much air in there too. Well, you start tumbling around and you start throwing up and you got barf flying around inside that bubble with you. You're slipping in it while you're trying to run. And you pass out and you show up on an island somewhere. Well, he didn't do time. it, so apparently he thought it through and figured out that's probably not going to work. I don't know. That's an idea for me now. I'm going to run a set a record across a lake. Yeah, in a bubble. That's my Or even, even get one in, like, even a mile on the track would be awesome. Dude, Zorb Mile. That's a good idea. I've always wanted to chase one of these world war, weird world records. Like, they got, like, the fastest mile on a pogo stick and stuff like that. Like, I, I want to really do this so i'm zorb we're, we're gonna line what's it called up. a zorb yeah i'm gonna zorb. look it up zorb mile if it's right. reasonable we, we let's get one okay let's all train right. for it cool all right man so look uh i'll see you soon Sounds uh good. i don't know if it's gonna be tuesday or not but we'll we'll, we'll visit that we'll think about it sounds good man all, all right, right everyone out there stay fit wash your hands make good choices i believe in you guys all right. And I second that amazing motion. Well, that's it, folks. If you enjoyed what you heard just now, I'd love for you to follow us on Instagram at D-I-A-Z-H-P. Till next time.